0: personal stories, practical help, and timeless principles to help you live at your best. So lean in and let's tackle life together. Hey everybody, welcome to today's episode. We're talking about rising in the spirit of an overcomer. You know, when I say those words, I just, uh, I feel like we should have Rocky music (laughs) playing in the background. Is that even how it goes? (laughs) All I know is when I think about overcoming, I always think about Rocky. And I hear that music and I just want to get up and overcome something. Anyway, before we get started, I did want to let all of you know, Lauren will not be joining us today. She is with her family, and in case you hadn't heard, her mama in love went home to be with Jesus just days before our last episode aired on How to Spend Your Dash. And can I just say, when all of that happened, it really added weight and perspective to the things we talked about. It just reminds us, we never know how much time we have. If you haven't had a chance to listen to that uh, podcast, I encourage you to, especially in honor of Mrs. Fauche. Lauren wanted me to tell you thank you for your prayers. They've definitely felt them. Their family is doing well. And she also wanted to just say your words of encouragement have meant the world to her. Lauren, we love you, we miss you today, but we we know that you need to do what you're doing, take as much time as you need, and we are praying for you. Okay, so let's talk about rising in the spirit of an overcomer. I read a quote by Frank Clark that says, "'If you find a path with no obstacles, "'it probably doesn't lead anywhere.'" Isn't that the truth? <laughs> Anytime we pursue the path to God's best for our lives or work toward accomplishing any goal, we will inevitably run into obstacles. We are going to encounter pushback from this direction, that direction, many times every direction, and truthfully, just face straight-up opposition. Things don't get handed to us on a silver platter, even as much as we want them to. And the reality is, in life, we're going to have times where we feel really overwhelmed by what we need, or at least perceive we need. Whether it's more time, energy, a better attitude, more faith, more discipline, more support. Man, I mean, really, whatever it is, it's easy to get discouraged. We doubt, we stumble, we can't see a way through or out. And all I know is in times like that, We need to know how to get access to what I call a state of being that can enable us to rise above anything and everything that comes our way. That is the topic of today's show, and I've got a surprise for everybody. I've invited my dearest and wisest friend, Teresa Vaughn, to join us today. I am so excited you're here with us. I'm so excited to
1: be here, Debbie. Thank you very much for letting me share this with you today.
0: Okay, guys, I want to give everybody a little context into uh, the relationship that Teresa and I have. We are actually ministry partners and have been for the last 10 years. But God brought Teresa into our family's life 17 years ago, and it was during a really difficult, actually traumatic time. She is the one who counseled our family through it all. And I just have to say, her friendship is truly one of the greatest blessings in my life. And when I thought about what we were talking about today, I I couldn't think of anybody better suited to talk about rising in the spirit of an overcomer. That is what she's dedicated her life to, helping people overcome. Now, Teresa, I'm going to brag on you because I know you would never do it yourself. So, Teresa is a wealth of wisdom, and she has so much experience. Right now, she is the Director of Influencers Care and Counseling, but she also trains ministers and counselors in pastoral care and trauma recovery. She's been in ministry for over 40 years and has been counseling for that long. You know, she's seen everything. Now, she holds a Doctor of Divinity, a Bachelor in Psychology, as well as numerous certifications and has education in um, some really specialized areas, such as biblical counseling, uh, couples premarital counseling—she actually counseled Beck and Aaron. thank you, they're doing so well—trauma <laughs> um, resolution, which is definitely her niche, addiction recovery, and sexual abuse recovery for men and women. Now, a little side note, for those of you that don't know, First and Main is actually a ministry of BDA, which is our nonprofit. Teresa, Bill, and myself started it several years ago. BDA stands for Better Days Ahead, and we just exist to come alongside individuals and groups, even churches, to encourage development and growth. We want to get obstacles out of the way of people that are keeping them from becoming all God has for them. We love what we do, and we've even got some uh, great things coming in the near future, so stay tuned. All right, so let's get back to rising in the spirit of an overcomer. You know, when I first started thinking about having you on today and all the things that we could share, I had a lot of thoughts, I know you did too, but it really got me thinking, about the things that I've overcome in my life. And you more than anybody know that it's been a good bit. And I do think that sharing a little bit of our experiences is important so that everybody listening today, uh, you'll understand that we're not talking to you. We are uh, talking and walking this out from a very personal place, a journey of uh, life that has really been about overcoming some of the things I've personally had to overcome have included things like sexual abuse, shame, especially from a really sinful past. I've faced insecurities. I've struggled with fears, especially the fear of failure and rejection, I'm speaking. I've had addiction. I've even an eating disorder for more than 12 years. Uh, really challenging to overcome, but by the grace of God, I have. You know, but there's been hardships I've uh, in our fine, you know, my finances, uh, in my marriage, even in ministry, and not to mention the trauma that Teresa helped our family walk through. But there have been some significant temptation moments, and I definitely wanted to take a minute and mention those because we don't hear a lot about that, but. I love Jesus with my whole heart, but there have been moments where everything in my being, (laughs) my flesh, wanted to go in a direction that I knew unquestionably was not what I was supposed to do. You know, how do we rise in the spirit of an overcomer and defeat those things There have been battles, and we all face them, that we have to navigate in our mind, our heart, our emotions, our relationships in life, because the struggle is real. Teresa, I know you've had your own challenges to overcome, and obviously with more than 40 plus years in trauma counseling under your belt, you've helped countless people overcome unimaginable things. I'm so excited that we get to talk about this together today. Thank you, Debbie.
1: You know, our ministry partnership has been wonderful, but the treasure of our friendship is immeasurable. You know, I've definitely faced many challenges over my life, including my own childhood experiences of trauma and loss. I've struggled with insecurities and fear as well. As a lifetime introvert, public speaking is still a bit terrifying. (laughs) Uh, Although I've celebrated over 52 years of marriage with the love of my life, we were very young and started out as an army family. That, of course, brought challenges financially and relationally as we moved around a lot. We have three wonderful kids, but we also suffered a miscarriage. Mm. The struggles of our children and grandchildren also bring concerns and challenges, as does experiencing life as older seniors. Mm. In traumatic experience encountered by my own family, uh, trying to navigate that first led me to study and train as a counselor. Wow. I didn't know that. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, Over the years, I've had the honor, though, of walking alongside a few thousand people who have faced and overcome obstacles and challenges of every imaginable source, from early death of loved ones, infertility, addictions, marital distress, and every form of abuse, physical, mental abuse, verbal abuse, emotional, spiritual, religious, and even some of the most heinous experiences we would never even want to imagine. You've probably seen it all. I, I believe I probably have. There isn't much that surprises me anymore. Hmm. But you know, although I've seen so many people come in as victims and survivors of loss, I've gotten the, I've had the joy of witnessing most of them walk out with stories of victory and overcoming. <laughs> and that's actually what keeps me going. So good. You know, I know some of you listening today may be thinking like we have at times, you don't know what all is stacked up against me. Maybe you're going through a tough time and you're trying really hard, but it seems like it's getting you nowhere. I've been there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe you're struggling financially, relationally, or physically and feel so overwhelmed you don't know what to do. You know, some of you may even have cried out in times of deep distress, Lord, help, but it seemed God was silent. I've been there. Absolutely. And you know, today, at the way that uh, things are in our society, we, many of us feel discouraged. We feel very troubled, uh, maybe even feeling more and more frustrated and angry. I'm seeing a lot of this, uh, especially even among young people. Um, but we want you to know today, you're not alone. No, you're not. The reality is we've all had and we're all going to have challenges in life. We're certainly not here today to offer you Sunday school answers or to deny, deny that life is hard. But you know, Debbie, the thing that keeps me going really is the good news. God does have a solution to every challenge. That's not a platitude. Truly overcoming anything is possible because we've experienced it firsthand and we've seen it over and over again.
0: Yes, we have. So guys, today we want to help you rise in the spirit of an overcomer so you can experience breakthroughs in every area of your life. It is possible. Teresa and I are going to take this podcast and the next to unpack some practical steps we can all take in the midst of our challenges to help us live as overcomers, regardless of what life throws our way. Teresa, I know hope is foundational to overcoming. Can you talk about the role of hope uh, that it has, the role that hope has in helping us? Absolutely. You know, as we've said, life is full of
1: twists and turns. It's easy to become despondent. Obstacles and adversities do show up unexpectedly, and we find ourselves out of our comfort zone. Today, I'm not sure there is a comfort zone (laughs) with all the changes. Uh, But one thing, all the experiences we have ourselves experienced and those we've mentioned that you may be dealing with, all of them have something in common. They cause us to feel discouraged and at times even hopeless. People are grasping for something, anything and everything to give them hope because challenges erode our hope and we need hope. It's vital. So how do we access real hope, Debbie? That's a great question. First, we identify what hope is not. Hope is not wishful thinking. It's not a belief in our own abilities, circumstances, or feelings. That would put us on pretty shaky ground. Yeah. And honestly, that's the way the world often views hope but we want to access a hope that is sure. That, mean, that means accessing something called biblical hope. Biblical hope is hope in God through Jesus Christ as evidenced in the scriptures. It's the confident affirmation that God is faithful and that he will accomplish what he has begun. You know, this definition helps us wait patiently and faithfully for God's purposes to be fulfilled. We're going to talk about some of the benefits of that waiting a little later on. Um, biblical hope teams with faith and believes in the impossible.
0: Yeah, I love that. And I think biblical hope believes in God's faithfulness, but it even extends to believing that that God wants good for us. Yes, that, that expectation of a good outcome Absolutely. on our behalf. Absolutely. I think How- a lot of people struggle. They believe God's faithful. They don't necessarily believe He's going to be faithful to and them. good to them.
1: Yes, absolutely. And that, that is what hope begins to help build in us, is that belief in His in his true nature of His goodness. Yeah. Um, it's actually what gives us the ability to approach each day with optimism and strength, mm. because hope believes we will get through it. Hope remembers the times we did make it through. This is the very essence of rising in the spirit of an overcomer, Debbie. We access biblical hope, And we grow it. I
0: love that. Well, then, if we're going to access and grow biblical hope so that we can, you know, rise in the spirit of an overcomer, that means we have to look into what the Bible teaches. And it actually has a whole lot to say about being an overcomer and the part that hope plays. You you know,
1: Jesus even told us we're going to have problems. True. (laughs) But we can remain hopeful even so. In John sixteen thirty three, in the Amplified Bible, Jesus said, I have told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace. In the world you have tribulation and distress and suffering. But be courageous, be confident, be undaunted, be filled with joy. I have overcome the world. Jesus said, my conquest is accomplished, my victory abiding. In other words, it remains
0: sounds like a good reason to be hopeful
1: this is why we can have hope you're right because he has over excuse me he has already overcome we are assured we will too just as we celebrated this past easter sunday he died was buried and rose again jesus is alive and alive in us today his resurrection power lives in us through the holy spirit when we accept him as our savior and lord love it You know, Scripture also says in 1 John 5, For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that's overcome the world, our faith. Who is the one who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. If you believe that Jesus is God and you're born of God, by faith you will overcome. This is the good news. It is. I love it. (laughs) It is. You know, the Greek word most often translated overcomer, stems from a word, "nike." It's just a, a word that actually means to carry off or win the victory. Mm-hmm. That verb implies a battle when we talk about victory. The Bible teaches us to recognize that the world we live in is a battleground. It's not a playground. Teresa,
0: I don't like the idea of battles. Me either. <laughs> that kind of sounds like bad news to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, the reality is we have to face it. We have a real enemy, and we're in a war every day, whether we realize it or not. And I know I lived oblivious to that for a long time, and as a result of it, lived a very defeated and oftentimes hopeless uh, type of life. So when we realize that Satan opposes us, and really his main objective is to take us down, his one mission is to rob to kill and destroy everything we're about. The light kind of comes on. And when we realize we're in a war, we suddenly realize, okay, well, how do I fight in that war? Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, 1 Peter in chapter 5, verse 8 in the Amplified Bible, it says uh, it calls us to be sober, mm-hmm. to be well balanced and self disciplined, to be alert and cautious at all times. Because that enemy of yours, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion. Uh, fiercely hungry, seeking someone to devour. That's
1: us. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. And Ephesians 6, 12 through 13 reminds us that we're not wrestling with flesh and blood, you know, people, Mm -hmm. ourselves. We're actually contending, uh, we're not contending with physical opponents, but we're fighting spiritual forces. Mm. And here's the key, we're up against far more than we can ever handle on our own. That's right. There really is a war. But here's the good news. Yeah,
1: give it to me. <laughs> Christ has given every believer the authority to overcome, and that in Him, we are overcomers. This truth regarding our identity, Debbie, is so important for us to understand.
0: You know, and Teresa, I think it's really important. I know for years, I've heard teaching on identity. Mm-hmm. And a lot oftentimes, conferences are centered around Identity. It is so essential, and yet it seems like there's such a disconnect between mm-hmm. hearing it and grasping it. Why do you? What do you think hinders that? I think things that we have experienced, um,
1: tr- past trauma, maybe messages we've been told from our childhood or even adulthood. Um, you know, we all have a tape playing in our head that um, tries to uh, hinder us from believing the truth. Of what God says about us. And try and and still believes the things that we've uh, heard or in our own insecurity believed. Got it. But God has some answers. He's told us that He, in Colossians, He tells us that He has disarmed the principalities and powers. You said we can't do it on our own. You're right. So God's done it for us. He disarmed them, those spiritual forces that you mentioned that were raged against us. He's made a bold display and public example of them. In triumphing over them and in it through the cross of Jesus. So good. You know, he tells us that in 1 John 4, 4, little children, you are of God. You belong to him, and you have already defeated and overcome them, those agents of the Antichrist or those spiritual forces, because he who lives in you is greater or mightier than he who is in the world. The prophet Isaiah prophesied that the root of Jesse, Jesus, will stand as a banner for the peoples. We're gonna talk more about that in a minute, about the banner. But the truth is God secured our victory over the flesh, our own flesh, our own struggles, our own insecurities, those tapes in our head, Mm -hmm. the world and the devil through Jesus. Jesus is still our banner of our victory today, reminding
0: us in actuality
1: we're already overcomers.
0: Wow, I think we need to camp here for a minute. No pun intended. (laughs) Uh, You guys will get that in a minute. Uh, Throughout Scripture, we really do see God showing up time and time again in the midst of challenges and impossible situations, always bringing help and deliverance to people. One of the ways God helps us understand Him better throughout the Word is in the way that He reveals Himself through various names. I love studying the names of God because each one gives us, you know, a different uh, ability to see just who He is and His mm-hmm. nature. Absolutely. One of the names that He reveals is Jehovah Nissi,
1: mm-hmm. and that
0: name means "The Lord My Banner." And in the Bible, banners were used to announce something significant, to, like you said, declare identity. Yes to summon allegiance, and more importantly, elicit hope. Mm. That name, Jehovah Nissi, my banner, the Lord, is used in only one place throughout the Bible. Mm -hmm. And it's actually in a story in Exodus chapter 17. And before I talk about it, let, let me just give you a little bit of context. The Israelites at this point have been delivered out of Egypt God miraculously protects and provides for them and we see any and every obstacle that is in their way he you know he deals with mm-hmm. even the red sea as huge as that was not an issue boom part <laughs> overtakes their enemies I love it. not a problem <laughs> they get out in the desert and they start facing obstacle after obstacle and they are not happy about mm-hmm. it but each time he has a remedy for their situation. Even so, they're, they're just dis, you know dissatisfied. Mm-hmm. They move again, they're hungry, they uh, are not satisfied with the manna that God is providing them, they're grumbling about it, and even in the midst of that, God prevails quail for them to eat. They move again, and now, at this point in the story, have come to a place called Rephidim. They set up camp. There's the pun. <laughs> But there wasn't a drop of water for them at Rephidim to drink. And so take a guess what they do.
1: Probably complain. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) You know, that's one sign that all of us can uh, identify with that shows us that we may be feeling discouraged is when we find ourselves complaining.
0: So true. So Mm -hmm. true. So if you're complaining, you just might be discouraged. I agree. You know, so as the story continues, they actually move from complaining to questioning. They question God's goodness and even go so far as to ask, is God here with us or not? That sounds very familiar, <laughs> doesn't it? <laughs> you know, and they've, se- they've already seen so much. And I remember when I first started studying the scriptures and read these stories, God had miraculously provided for me, brought me out of my Egypt, and I just knew He parted my sea, and He could do anything. And I remember reading these stories and thinking, how stupid can these people be? You know, like, Mm -hmm. they've just seen this, but let me tell you, 20-something, 25 years later, I'm like, I'm such an Israelite. (laughs) (laughs) As we all can be, yes. Oh, my goodness. How... You know, God does things for us and then just blink. And the next thing you know, we're questioning like, is he with mm-hmm. us or not? It's, it's, it really is something we deal with. But that doesn't change his character. It doesn't. It goodness. doesn't. Mm-hmm. You know, so at this point, Moses goes to God and he is like, What do you want me to do with these people? All they do is complain. And God tells Moses what to do graciously again. He uh, does what he says. They get water that they need. But according to Exodus 17, 8, the Bible says, then Amalek and his people come to fight with Israel at Rephidim, where God has just met their need.
1: Wow. You know, the word then there is so important. Because isn't that how life goes? Yes. We get over one problem and another hits us smack in the face. Things break down and we may be having problems at work and then issues at home all at the same time. Yes. You know, the good news again is... That for every problem or obstacle, God does provide a remedy, as we're
0: going to see again as the story goes. Yes, He does. You know, at this point, Israel was facing a battle with a people called the Amicalites. And the Israelites, they were not an experienced army. They were a tribe of herdsmen who had just escaped slavery. And here they are attempting to get to a promised land. The challenge was they were going to have to travel through a land with some pretty fierce fighting people. Teresa, tell us how uh, the rest of the story went down in case our listeners aren't familiar with it.
1: You know, Moses, uh, after God had told him what to do, he told Joshua to go fight Amalek, uh, this army, in the valley. While Moses himself, Aaron, his brother, and Hur, his father-in-law, took a stand on top of the hill. They were holding God's staff, representing them looking to God for the answers. Mm. It turned out that whenever Moses raised his hands and held up the staff, Israel was winning. But you know, whenever he lowered his hands, Amalek started winning. Moses eventually, of course, like us, got tired and he lowered his hands. So the men with him, Aaron and Hur, got a stone for Moses to sit on, while they held up his hands, Love we need one another. So his hands were able to remain steady until the sun went down as Joshua completely defeated Amalek army. Yeah, they did. <laughs> and yet again. God told Moses to write this down as a reminder to keep it because he, would most—he God, would most certainly wipe the very memory of Amalek off the face of the earth generation after generation. They wouldn't be anymore.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, in that moment, they were not only battling for their survival, but for hope, for their future. Yes. And the beautiful thing is God was with them, even though they were questioning Mm -hmm. whether or not He was. He was. He wasn't moving. Israel didn't have to fight its battles alone that day, and neither do we today. No matter how inexperienced or overmatched they were, they were never the underdogs, and the truth is, neither are we. That's right. No matter how desperate they felt or how desperate we may feel, um, the truth is, they were never at a loss because mm-hmm. the Lord was on their side just like he is for us today. Mm, Yes, I love that. The very name revealed to them at Rephidim was Jehovah Nissi, the Lord my banner, the one who elicits hope. I just, I love this story. And what we see Moses doing is they win the victory, Moses builds the altar, and he calls it God my banner. Moses was doing something very significant. He was making a declaration One that any follower of Jesus can share in today. He was saying, The Lord is my banner and I am the Lord's. He was, you know, it was not just a declaration about who God is and what he's done, but it was to say, We are his people. We are overcomers. And he told him, You know, write it down and remember that we Mm -hmm. are overcomers. Mm -hmm. The story, I think, you know, shows us that our battle. Like theirs was a battle of faith, Mm -hmm. uh, not human strength. They were up against far more than they could handle Mm -hmm. on their own. And I think the key to any triumph that we experience uh, is uh, that reality. It's a battle of faith, not uh, our own strength. And I think that this illustrates when we call on the Lord, He is our banner of victory, and He is the one who truly will help us overcome I think another thing, really important thing for us to understand about this particular battle is who Amalek was. He was actually a descendant of Esau, who, if you're familiar or not you know with the scriptures, Esau was actually the one who traded his birthright. He traded his birthright for a bowl of stew. Mm-hmm. What was he doing? Mm-hmm. He focused on his immediate challenge, and in doing so, ended up forfeiting his future. Caution. I think to all of us. Yes. Because throughout the Bible, Amalek represents Satan's movement against the kingdom of God, against God's people, and especially against us and the battle that we have in the flesh. You see, Satan will always use our current challenge to try to defeat us and keep us from glorifying God.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, this story in Exodus reminds us that we will certainly face obstacles and opposition will most likely get tired and discouraged, but our enemy is God's enemy, and He will certainly
0: help us wipe Him out. I love that. We will certainly complain. He will certainly win. <laughs> Absolutely. That's fabulous. Yes. Uh, you know, but I think there's a real question that we have to deal with, the tension point, if you will. hmm If God has promised to give us victory over the flesh, the world, the devil, through Jesus, our banner— why do so many of us still live defeated lives?
1: You know, Pastor Tony Evans illustrates this tension so well. Imagine it's pouring rain and you own an umbrella. In this storm, you own the tool to be an overcomer because we have what we need in hand to keep it from raining on us. But if we use the umbrella as a cane, we still have what we need to be an overcomer, but we're getting wet <laughs> because we're not using what we have for the purpose for which it was made. So good. We have the Bible, God's love letter and instruction book. But if it sits on our shelf, Debbie, or is only opened at church, we lose much of its benefit. Yes. You know, another uh, tool that we have, we have salvation, but often our spiritual umbrella is closed. When we have salvation, we certainly have eternal life. But the Greek word sozo that's translated salvation actually means not only to be saved, but to be delivered, to be made whole, to be fully restored. Mm. We may be using our umbrella to save us from hell, but it's able to provide so much more. Today, everything we're talking about is about learning how to open our umbrella or raise our banner so we can stop getting wet or defeated by our circumstances even when the devil is raining down on us.
0: Yes, we definitely want to open those umbrellas. Think about this. Moses told Joshua, you go fight in the valley and I'm going up on the mountain to pray. Two important things are happening in this story. I believe it's such a picture of the balance we all need to find. On one hand, what do we need to do? On the other hand, what is God's part? Often there are two approaches to the way we face challenges. I know I've done it. I've seen so many other people do it. We pray, and we think that's all we're supposed to do. We don't do anything. We just pray. Or we think we can accomplish things totally on our ability, and we leave God out of the equation. The reality is neither of those are going to bring the victory that we want to see. I believe the key to overcoming is finding the balance or resolving the tension we're talking about between what we do with what we have and what we expect God to do for us? Yes. Think about it. What are you facing right now? Are there things you can do in your valley, in your battleground? Joshua had to go fight. <laughs> you know, he had he he had to do something. Mm-hmm. Um, it would not have just happened with Moses on the mountain. There was both parts. So, do you realize that your battle is not with flesh and blood, like we talked about? It's not with people. It's with these spiritual forces that we're talking about are you fighting that are you using the spiritual weapons that have been made available to you if you're not familiar with them you can find them in Ephesians 6 you know maybe uh, you need to ask for help and support Moses didn't go up on the mountain by himself mm-hmm. uh, some we are going to get weary and the Bible even says one can put a thousand to flight two can put ten thousand maybe you need to ask for help you know also consider this. Have you been fighting in the valley? Um, maybe only, or maybe on the mountaintop only. Maybe you've been fighting in both. Mm-hmm. You know, are you praying? Are you praising? Are you relying on God to do his part? These are great questions. And I really think one of the main takeaways is this. We all get tired and discouraged from time to time. But if we're feeling that, let this be a banner moment or a summons to believe that you can overcome regardless of whatever you're facing. Remember that faith in Jesus is the most important key. Remember, they were up against more than they can Mm -hmm. handle on their own. And even with what Joshua was doing in the valley, there was a part, they could not do it without their faith and their uplifted hands in belief that God was the one who would help them prevail. It's such an important key uh, to overcoming. And His Word, Mm -hmm. His Word is the door, I believe, to accessing the hope we're talking about and growing that hope more and more. Absolutely. That is absolutely the key.
1: You know, before we wrap up, Debbie, I remember a prophetic word the Lord gave you some time ago. I believe that really does confirm what he's saying to us today. Would you share
0: that? Absolutely. Um, Here it is. Mm -hmm. My people are starving. They are thirsty. They're grasping for whatever, whoever, in order to be filled. Feed my people truth. Mm -hmm. Solid meat. Don't settle or shrink back from reading my words. They're powerful. They not only satisfy, they cut through any counterfeit or imitation. Discouragement has set in, and you are to share my heart with people. Bring hope. Mm -hmm. Speak my gospel. It is good news to the afflicted and downcast. It is good news indeed. I am greater than anything and can make all things new again. The people are weary and hurting, but tell them, I am bringing a great time of refreshing. Tell them nothing, absolutely nothing Mm. is beyond repair. They only need to listen to my voice. I can teach them, walk with them and help them. I will fight for them and I will use my angels to accompany them. Debbie, women are going to rise up and refuse to allow the enemy to steal their families or wreck their homes. They are going to believe beyond impossible situations. Hope will arise, joy will come, and praise is going to trumpet the airwaves for my name and my glory. And God, I say, so be it. Use this podcast to elicit hope in your people once again. Mm.
1: You know, everyone, I really feel prompted right now to pray for you. Debbie, can we just pray for a moment? Yes, absolutely. Thank you, Lord, for going before us and giving us this wonderful word of encouragement through Debbie. Holy Spirit, I'm so thankful that you know what we need before we ask it. And even when we don't have words to express our struggles. I thank you, Lord, that you know every listener by name. And you've already prepared the remedy to all our troubles. Yes. Thank you, Father, for sending us your Son, a Savior who not only died and was buried for our sin and for every hurt and loss we would ever experience, but just as we celebrate on Easter, you sent us a Savior who was resurrected from the dead and now sits beside you, ever making intercession for us, yes. praying for us, Caring for us. You, Jesus, are our hope, not only for our eternity, but for right now, in the midst of our very present circumstances. Yes. Thank you, God, for your peace that passes understanding. It doesn't always make sense for where we find ourselves, but somehow it calms the storms anyway. We love you, Lord, and we praise you. Amen. Amen. You know, Deb, one thing that stood out to me in the word you shared was. The people are weary. Tell them I'm going to bring a great time of refreshing. Hmm. As you were sharing earlier about refidim, I felt prompted to look up the meaning of that word. Okay. Um, Refidim means supports and refreshes. Wow. I did not know that. (laughs) Get out. Stop. Can I just say, whenever we find ourselves at our own refidim, although it's a battleground, we're also at a place Jesus is promising his support and refreshment.
0: Oh, that is so
1: good. It is. Yes. Good, good news. So this week, we just want to uh, end kind of with some practical things you can do to access and grow your hope. Yeah. Um, first of all, we have to acknowledge where we are. We have to own our own feelings, even those feelings that are not comfortable, yeah. like discouragement and, and hopelessness.
0: Yeah. Teresa, can I jump in Absolutely. and just say— I think this is really, really important. I talk to so many people and they don't want to, they have a really hard time just saying how they actually Mm -hmm. feel. And if I look back and I think about the breakthroughs that I've had and the way, really, the way that I've overcome, it's really always started with being very honest. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't like it. I don't want to do it. I ain't feeling it. I'm mad. This is unfair. I mean, wherever I've been, I'm lost, yes. I'm broken, I'm hope. That is it's so important. It is so important. Don't fear being real. Absolutely. It's one of the most powerful things
1: we can do. It really is. Sharing it with someone that we can trust is so important. And you know, if we've said nothing else today, we've talked about the commonality of our struggles. Yes. That everybody has them. Everybody wrestles with those feelings. So as we are honest with one another, uh, they are our burdens are lighter. That's what the Lord says to us, is to bear one another's burdens. Another step we can take to grow our hope is to take time to consider these questions we've posed today. Yeah. What can we begin doing with what we already have? Mm. And is there something we want to begin asking God for today? I love that. We want to look up scriptures that will undergird our belief that God loves us and He fights for us. The solid ground of the Word will help us, uh, will grow. It's like water and nutrients to our hope. Um, and just like God told Moses to write everything down, I really want to encourage you today to write down what God has already done in your life or in the lives of others uh, in your uh, sphere of influence, and then thank Him for it. Even write down your
0: thanks. Yeah, um, That's so powerful. Man, those are great tips. Teresa, thank you so much for being here. My pleasure. (laughs) Uh, And guys, we're just getting started. Um, I hope today encouraged you, but we have got a great next episode. It's going to be part two. We are going to be looking at one chapter of the Bible to discover four specific keys that absolutely are going to release the spirit of an overcomer in you. Well, guys, that's a wrap. Don't forget to subscribe and hit the five stars for us if you enjoyed today's episode. Also, we want to invite you to join us on Facebook and Instagram if you haven't already. You'll find all of our podcast details there. We have tools. We even have a Facebook group. You can find that. Uh, Search for First and Main Life. That's one word, and we will pop right up. Again, if this has helped you share it with somebody else, we can't wait to meet all of you here again at First in Maine, your avenue to living well. Thanks again for listening.